you can't help but influence the business if you improve your IT function because it will either grow in terms of capability and it will be pushing and challenging the business around its processes and its products or and particularly now in the pandemic everybody's realizing that any business needs technology it cannot run without technology that's been proven so you have to get your IT function right and that will undoubtedly influence the business strategy. Today's guest is Jodie Appleton, the Group IT Director at the VPS Group, who's been in that role now for just over a year. And it's obviously been quite an interesting year to take on a new challenge. We find out exactly how she's approached it and what her challenges were. This is Tech Talks, your twice-weekly technology podcast with myself, David Savage, where we talk to leaders from across the industry and bring you some news and opinion. Joining me today, uh, we've got Hayley Welch. How are you? Very well. How are you? Good. I had an exciting development today. I was on a call earlier and there was a loud bang in the kitchen. What was it? Um, my wife managed to explode an egg. How? Literally explode an egg. Um, unbeknownst to me, uh, she put two eggs in a saucepan with some water on the hob. And then she went on a call in the front room, left them on the hob in the kitchen. I didn't know they were on there. They were there long enough for the pan to boil dry and the egg to literally explode. Oh, (laughs) And I'm just sitting here and there's this loud bang. (laughs) What did you think? It was the cat. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Just showing showing Hayley a picture of egg all over the floor. Literally, bits had gone three, four foot across the room out of the saucepan. (laughs) I never even knew that was possible. I mean, you don't neither really did I. That long. <laughs> no. Well, interesting. Yeah, so that was that was my um, slightly after lunch experience today. Learn, you learn new make... things when you're working from home. Yeah, I guess that's why, like, they have egg timers that alarm you. Yes, that your egg <laughs> might explode if you allow a pan to boil dry and sit on a hob. Yeah. Well done, my wife. Well done. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) this is why I do most of the cooking in our house. Um, Today's interview is with Jody, the Group IT Director of VPS. Uh, We'll hand over to the interview. Myself and Hayley will be back with some comments afterwards and then a bit of technology news. Today, I am talking to Jody Appleton. Jody, you are the Group IT Director of the VPS Group. Thanks for giving up some time. You're welcome. Uh, Before we get into anything else, for anyone who's unfamiliar, who are VPS? So VPS stands for Vacant Property Services, and they are a company that was born out of the last recession around protecting property. Um, So security and protection is a very big theme, and they have a presence in the UK, France, Spain, Italy, Germany, and the Netherlands. I assume that you know, born out of the last recession, we're going into another recession now. So um, whilst it's obviously not wonderful situation for many people, we do need some companies to see and spy opportunities and to make the best of this if, if the economy is going to move forward. And yeah. and there might be some opportunity for you, uh, given the current climate, right? No, that's definitely true. And um, sadly, one of the for sadly, for a lot of people, one of the outcomes of the whole lockdown and the COVID period is a lot of empty property and and clearly that needs protecting so from our corporate perspective it's great news because there's more opportunities Um, Mm -hmm. but it also means that we need to think differently because of the scale 
of the environment that we're now working in and the opportunities that we have. Yeah, I suppose I suppose the makeup of some of those buildings is, is kind of new in that you might have previously maybe maybe looked at out-of-town kind of retail parks where offices had been and maybe those were vacant versus now. You've got the City of London. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> well, the thing. You've is- got these skyscrapers sitting basically empty. Yeah, and one of the things that is um, part of the company, Guardians, which um, is a bit, is kind of a newer product offering, is recognizing that properties with people living in them are less likely to suffer, uh, you know, vandalism or break ins, et cetera. So there's actually a, a product running where we're looking for guardians who are looking, want to live in a certain area or look after mm. certain types of property, but at a lower cost. Um, they're vetted, obviously, and they live in in the building and make sure it's maintained, et cetera, which is a different offering from let's board up, you know, steels on your door and board up your windows and, and put alarms in place. So it's definitely opening up different opportunities. And, you know, what guardians could be living in some great spaces that yeah, wouldn't absolutely. have been accessible before. So um, you joined the business November last year, right? Yeah. So it's end of year one. And you moved from Chubb. So I suppose the first question to ask would be, how has that move from being in a, in a big corporate um, organization, and Chubb is huge, yep. uh, to an SME? Um, and one which operates, I suppose, whilst you have a lot of clients, and as you described, you're an international business, it's not the same scale, right? So it is a completely different scale. And I think some of the biggest, so there's been positives and and kind of areas that have been a bit out of my comfort zone in as much as from a positive perspective, it being a smaller company, it's much easier to find out who is controlling what and um, being able to get things done a lot quicker. Um, I think the kind of less positive side of it is that some of the functions that you would just expect to be there like a compliance and risk function, as an example, or um, a focus on information security, is not necess- isn't there. So I look round because I'm looking for to do some global communications, and in Chubb there was you know a full global corporate comms team that doesn't exist in a true in the sense that I'm used to in VPS. So it's having to adjust to, to take account of that different operating model i suppose so so the, the your involvement at chubb was as part of the leadership team yeah did you have how, how big an organization did you have beneath you at chubb so from a pure it perspective at chubb it was around three thousand employees across the group yeah um i only from a direct report perspective running the because uh, it was a slightly different role chief of staff role there yeah. i only had three direct reports there doing different elements around agile transformation etc but there was obviously i was part of that it leadership team yeah. those cios per country cto um cso etc all those functions that you would expect so three direct reports but but Agile covers a, a huge amount of projects across an organization. Yes, so it does. massive, massive matrix, matrix, uh, matrix organization underneath you, yeah. lots of stakeholders to deal with. And you kind of mentioned there, all of a sudden you go into an organization where you kind of go, oh, well, where's that? Where's this whole element of a, ta- of a department that we would expect yep. to be? How, how has that been moving from that, that bit where you're a major cog in a bigger machine to being 
the IT director running technology. Uh, and, and I suppose what learnings have come out as a consequence. How has it been? Um, it's been a bit of a shock, but now that I'm used to it, I'm actually really enjoying it because it's within my gift to get a lot of stuff done. So if I take um, something simple or relatively simple, like a pay review as, an, as a process, in Aviva, Chubb, et cetera, there was a script that was followed and approached and it was all directed by HR, um, same with talent conversations and all that kind of thing. Um, there is much less of that in the world that I'm in now, which means I've been able to do it in the way that I want to do it. It's given me more autonomy to do things that I think are tailored to the way that my team works, IT works, but means that I can draw on best practice from from earlier earlier days so that has been great I have much more autonomy than I had before which suits me um I think the biggest lesson what would be the biggest lesson having to plan more time in Mm -hmm. to get some of those things done because some of those uh, kind of basic things are not in existence so some of it I've had to create as I've gone it's funny, isn't it? Because because listening to you talk there, you kind of go, you've moved into an organisation where you've got that that authority and that flexibility. And part of that is there's no process in place. So you can you can put the process, but <laughs> you're yeah. kind of saying you need time to actually put those processes in place that would present a little bit less flexibility, perhaps to the organisation that you'd then hand on. So you're kind of taking something that's quite raw, that gives you a yeah. lot of room to manoeuvre to hopefully, I suppose, at some point in the future, because let's face it, we're all kind of... Uh, keepers of a, of a role and passing it on to the next person so mm-hmm. that they get a more mature organization where actually there's a little yes. bit less flexibility but there's something more substantial for them to work with yeah and i it's, i get the luxury of being able to pick the best bits from all the ways of working in different organizations so that is yeah. that is great um i think that one of the, we're in the process of doing kind of year-end reviews and a, a view of everything that we've achieved in the last year and i've just been going through one of the uh plans one of the slides that I took the IT team through this time last year so Mm. right when I started about areas that we were going to focus on I was quite surprised actually because you don't stop and look at it but some of the things like having information security as as a core part of the IT function from that point in November last year to now we've got a CISO in place we've got a SOC in place we have cyber training happening for all employees across the whole VPS group. Um, And so actually stopping to look at some of that progress that we've made has been phenomenal, but we've been able to go that quick because it is a smaller organization. Mm -hmm. And, and because I get the support from the exec team to make some of those things happen, we're affecting change a lot quicker but it's only when I stop and look back that I think, oh, my goodness, look how far we've actually come. Yeah, yeah. So, look, you, you've mentioned there, you mentioned security. Uh, you mentioned about processes uh, a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there were there were areas that needed attention, and that's, that's why you were brought into the role. Yep. Um, but where do you start? How do you know what day one kind of inbox is, and how do you know – what day 100 inbox issues are? Yeah, it's a good question. And it was actually one of the questions that came up in my one of my interviews for the role. So where where does your playbook start effectively? 
Um, and my first response was security. So um, the first step, and we followed the playbook, was to look at what security practices were in place. More importantly, to get a technical assessment done. So standard penetration testing, assessment of the estate, et cetera, to pull out those issues. Because we all know that anybody, our, our data is attractive. Everybody's data is attractive. So the biggest risk that most companies run with is that cyber risk. So that is always the place that I would start. And I used that technical testing and what was coming out of there to give the leverage that we needed to get the investment to bring the CISO in, to bring some of the tools, to establish the SOC, to drive the cultural piece. And there is so much that falls out of security. So you have to get infrastructure right. That is key. You have to change the way that you develop and the applications and, and solutions that you provide it, to me, it's kind of the backbone of anything in IT is is that security element. So I've hung everything off that pretty much. It's really interesting because there are many people who are part of leadership teams who want to make that leap into being an IT director, a CIO, etc. And obviously, uh, as you said in the interview process, you've got to go through a business plan effectively, or, or your you know your your mm -hmm. your strategy for for putting things in place as you see fit. You mentioned there that security was that day one issue and, and lots of things hung, hung on from that. So it sounds like that that, that uh, assertion it was going to be a particular issue was the correct one. But was there stuff that in that business plan that you kind of thought, yeah, this, this is going to be something that I need to address early on that actually wasn't as important when it came to it or other stuff that you maybe hadn't put as much significance on that was really key? Um, I think the... One of the areas that I knew I had to tackle day one, and it's proven to be the case, but I've maybe not made as much progress as I would have liked because of some other things, is the cultural aspect of an mm. IT department. So I've seen it, it. It was the same at Aviva, and it was the same at other places that I've worked. That IT is kind of traditionally the end of the line. It's the whipping boy at the end, and when it's working, nobody's interested. Um, when it breaks, everybody's interested. And particularly at VPS over the years, the IT function had not had the investment that it should have had. Mm -hmm. And the teams there didn't have the investment in them that they should have had either. So it was quite a subservient culture, I would say, because of all those reasons. Um, and part of what I've been doing over the last year is trying to build up the confidence of the IT team so that they know that they're the experts. More importantly, to get the business engagement and the business partnering right to understand that there's always should be a positive tension between IT and the business. So don't come to me and tell me you want X, Y, or Z, or you've gone out and bought system B. Come to me and tell me what your requirement is, and we'll work with you to define the best answer that is effective, secure, resilient, cheap, you know, efficient, all that kind of stuff and give us a seat at the table because we should be part of your leadership teams within the different business units and we should be helping drive your business strategy. Um, that has, I've made progress, but mm -hmm. it's not quite as far as I would have liked, but the team to me is in a fundamentally different space now than where they were kind of this time last year. Um, so it, people, people, you can't, you have to 
you can have all the great tooling in the world, but if you don't have the right people and you don't have motivated people who feel empowered, um, you ain't going to get nowhere. And you're beginning to touch there on something that's very interesting in that as much as you've been tackling the IT team and the challenges with IT uh, and you're trying to move that uh, idea of, of tech being the whipping boys um, and you're talking there about the business. So when does transforming the IT function become transforming the, the business function and it really being seen as kind of one and the same? Um, I I think based on what I've seen here and before, you can't do one without the other. So if I look at Aviva as an example, and um, I wasn't driving that whole change, I was part of that change. The, the IT strategy, so focusing on digital particularly, drove the business strategy around how products should be developed, changed the approach to innovation, um, you know, we did a whole bunch of work with Cambridge University and a load of startups out in the valley to drive the business culture and the business strategy with tech at the heart of it. So mm. you can't, in my mind, you can't do one without the other. And that's the same here at VPS. The more, so what what I'm seeing now, and it's quite interesting, is that IT are getting stuff delivered the business are struggling to absorb the change because they haven't got the capacity or they're not used to stuff coming out to them like that, or they're not thinking about actually this gives me the opportunity to develop product Y or whatever. So you, you can't help but influence the business if you improve your IT function, because it will either grow in terms of capability and it will be pushing and challenging the business around its processes and its products or and particularly now in the pandemic everybody's realizing that any business needs technology it cannot run without technology that's been proven so yeah. you have to get your it function right and that will undoubtedly influence the business strategy look i think it's been fascinating to talk to you it's great to hear that kind of journey from someone who's been in that leadership team to suddenly running the department and as i said a lot of people want to make that that leap so those learnings over the last year i think are invaluable um and it's good to hear that there is opportunity for vps out there as i said um as, as difficult a time as it is we need organizations to do well if we're going to get out of this right so yeah absolutely. Um, i really appreciate your time and uh good luck for the next year ahead thank you Right. Um, I really enjoyed this because it's quite fun getting the perspective of someone who's joined an organisation in COVID times of, uh, effectively. And I know we're not really talking about that, but it's still interesting to kind of understand how people are approaching new jobs right now. And I suppose one of the nice things to hear was actually it didn't sound that different to how it might do with or without a pandemic. Same challenges that you that you'd probably have expected maybe 18 months to 24 to 24 months ago right yeah no i agree um it sounded like normal like there was no there was no pandemic at all i wasn't even listening to it thinking that covid was even a thing it just sounded like yeah. it was smooth sailing um it sounded like a really interesting like projects and journey for her yeah. Which is amazing, starting a new role. Like you, you don't really know what to expect, do you, at the moment? But that just shows. Well, you kind of think, that's it, yeah. You think that the, the pandemic is all-encompassing, so it's refreshing to just talk to someone about the stuff that we used to talk to people about. Yeah. But, and then I think um, 
I wonder if, it, well, I think it's been like this for a while, which she was mentioning that, that it's the back security is the backbone of IT and everything mm. like that. And obviously, like we know in previous podcasts, security has just gone through the roof. So, yeah. Yeah. And I suppose the current circumstances have made that even more um, important than possibly it was. And it was already very important. But, you know, she points out that data is attractive. Um, you know, it's the biggest risk. Uh, uh, and so, therefore, you know, technical testing, getting a CISO in, getting a SOC put in place, and uh, not just the tools, but the cultural piece around it, like you like you said, the absolute backbone. Uh, and then talking about the infrastructure had to be right. And it was funny because it reminded me of the conversation that we had with Certies Networks not too long ago, where they mm. were talking about the fact that it was actually almost impossible to make your infrastructure secure um so yeah again security on the agenda the approach being highlighted as important but um yeah yeah good to hear that that trend is is borne out what we're getting on that on that previous call uh, conversation rather with with certes being kind of mirrored by what jody's doing when she's she's in her new job at the vps yeah, I know. That's what I was going to say. I was like, you're hearing it so much now. It's every, every interview we have, when we talk along those lines, it's like, it's coming up, isn't it, in conversation? And mm. um, what else was she saying? She was speaking about, um, she was working on the IT department culturally. And it was actually really interesting because I feel like the dynamic has changed around IT. Before, it maybe mm -hmm. wasn't as interesting and as kind of like, they always call it sexy don't they now sexy it um but now it is like it's heading that way and the way she was kind of trying to empower the staff i was loving it i was i was like yeah it's like go jody yeah i mean she talks about the fact that that business um has had to get used to technology delivering and yeah. the technology of pushing and challenging and it's interesting you know the, the, the has the business then got the capacity to deal with technology being on point and delivering. I thought that was a really interesting dynamic. The mm. idea that the business was getting used to technology delivering in organizations. Yeah, especially in like more in more recent times. And I think that's is that has been massive projects for the IT department and, and for people translating that. Because people who can talk both languages are, as well, like who can speak in that technical terminology and speak to that those teams. Um, and then and then speak to the business as well. It's always always, always mind boggles me because I, I can do it a bit, but like no way near on the level they do. So that's for those people. I bet it's going to be a massive challenge trying to get the business to understand why tech is important. And that's what I mean. It's moving up in the priority list now, and as it's shown because of what's happened, and everyone's had to to get on board with remote working and 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 tech in that way. Yeah, and you mentioned people a few minutes ago. Um, I think Jody said, you know, you can have great tools, but if the people aren't motivated, you can't get anywhere. And that's heartening mm -hmm. to hear because security is one of those areas actually where augmentation and, and machine learning can make a real big difference because it's very difficult to monitor your, your entire estate these days without a degree of machine learning or, or some kind of augmented um, tools telling you what's going on. Um, but, uh, people will always be instrumental to the, to the success of the department. And, you know, here's someone going in as group IT director 
who re- recognizes that keeping them motivated now is as important, if not more so, than it's ever been. Yeah, exactly. Because I think IT is way more important now. And as well, the people doing it are the, are the people who've got all the ideas, I reckon. And it's just them having, like she says, the confidence to go to her and say, like, this is what we need. And I was thinking, yeah, that's so true. Because the IT team working together, they could probably benefit the business in so many different ways rather than just being yes people, which I think a lot of IT is, isn't it? It has been. Yeah. Um, and now it's way more creative. So, yeah, the fact that she's empowering them, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. It's Look, I, th- I think that there's a lot in there, um, especially if you're thinking about stepping up into that first head of role. Um, hopefully Jody's experiences uh, will, will, will prove to be useful. Um, and even if you're running an apartment right now, probably facing the same challenges. So Jody, thank you for being our guest. Uh, good continued success at, uh, or we wish you continued success rather at VPS. We're going to go to an advert break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about an article that was in VentureBeat last week. A couple of years ago, Michael and Jacob, two friends from London, were both thinking about their consumption and sustainability as a whole. Michael, a professional footballer at the time, realised he had no options when it came to sustainable sportswear. Overconsumption and underuse was all too common. Hilo was born, a sportswear brand fighting for the planet by changing mindsets. They started with a running shoe made with seven natural materials, and the shoe can be recycled at the end of its life. As a company, they've offset their carbon to beyond zero, making them carbon negative. You can find out more about Hilo and support their mission at hiloathletics.com. That's H-Y-L-O. We support the Hilo movement. Right, welcome back. Uh, as I said before the break, this is from VentureBeat. Dozens of current and former Dropbox employees have alleged gender discrimination. Okay, I'll give you a brief synopsis. Basically, lots and lots of, of, of women have come forward to say that the... Um, promotion uh, process and structures in place at Dropbox are basically awful. Uh, They are unequal. So changing standards for promotions, unequal compensation, being set back in their careers after maternity leave, experiencing um, retribution uh, when they tell their their cases to HR. Um, The report detailed instances of alleged harassment, of demotion after employees filed a complaint to the HR um, uh, inbox. Um, Yeah, it's, it's quite a number of people have come forward and obviously it has... Um, caused a big reaction, not just from um, Dropbox, but you know, speculation across the industry as a whole about about practices and, and gender inclusion um, within technology. So I felt it was worth talking about very quickly, um, and I thought this was particularly interesting. And this isn't this isn't about Dropbox specifically, but bear with me, Ailey, and I'll read this out to you. How companies choose to promote their employees is a major influencer of company culture and worker sentiment. A 2018 Harvard Business Review survey of more than 400,000 US workers found that people who believe promotions are handled properly are twice as likely to plan a long-term future with a company and five times as likely to believe their company leaders act with integrity. I like it. Pretty Um, dramatic statistics, especially when you consider how important staff retention is right now. Not a, a senior person in the business. You've always been in in a lower level and and not been in that decision um, position. And 
when someone comes to you with it, with something like that, you feel much more valued rather than having to physically ask. When your manager or seniors come to you with these opportunities, it's I personally would be way more inclined to stay somewhere because um, you feel valued. You feel like you're you're doing a good job. And this is why they come to you. It makes you feel empowered, like we've just been speaking about. Mm. Um, whereas when you ask and it's a bit like, oh, you know, it's just a little bit of a different story, isn't it? Because then some people might ask. They might not get the reaction they want. It might not be a no, but then they might be like, oh, actually, but I could I see this. And then that's when people's eyes wander, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's interesting because what you're saying there about asking for it or just being given it, um, the article talks a lot about um, instances at Dropbox um, with regards to uh, women within the organization feeling that promotions are just given to men, whereas yeah. when they are in line for promotion, stretch targets are put in place. And that that is interesting, isn't it? I mean, not only is it interesting that that obviously there there are issues around inclusion, but stre- I don't think stretch targets are fair. If promotion, you know, you either you either warrant a promotion or you, or you don't. You shouldn't be asked to go above and beyond for a three month period just to kind of jump through some hoop. Yeah, it makes you feel like oh maybe I'm not doing good enough. Now then, it gives you that kind of that kind of feeling. Um, yeah. It's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I don't think this sort of subject is really spoken about enough in businesses either. It's a, it's an people because I, I guess people in in companies they might like speak to colleagues and stuff about it. Oh, you know, like oh, what this and what that, and they would never really go to their their, their management or something like that. And then they probably like if you just come to me, we would we would talk about it. But I think people just mm. aren't comfortable with that that conversation, which is why I just think it should be something that's initiated from the above. Yeah. Um, yearly reviews should be a thing. I like pay reviews should be a thing. Definitely. And there's a lot of concern of employees right now about going and having those conversations. If it puts them in a, in a slightly um, tricky situation with their employer. And one of the things mm. that this article notes is, you know, uh, Dropbox talks about people being able to go and use their third party, uh, this third party organization as a kind of a whistleblowing um, service. And it's like you can go talk to this company and and they will they will deal with the complaints anonymously and it'll feed back into the organization. And the the workers' response to that is, yeah, but we're not the ones putting the bill. We're not that organization's client. The company is that organization's client. And they don't trust it. Uh, which mm-hmm. I thought was really interesting because whistleblowing is really important. But if you can't trust HR, then surely you, you would feel funny about trusting a third party organization too. Yeah, and that's that's the, the time when people just go to like find the door yeah they look, exactly that's, that's why retention is so poor um I, I i like businesses now you can't get away with that which is why i'm really surprised that a company like dropbox is is actually being accused of it you can't diversity inclusion is so big how are you actually getting away with those sort of like and getting like allegations like that it, no i mean look and and it, they are allegations, and I yeah. don't think it's our place to say, you know, whether or not too much, too much about, let's say, too much about the character of Dropbox. I, I think what it does, though, is it highlights, I think, uh, uh, challenges that are probably present in 
a good a number of organizations, yeah. to be perfectly honest, and they don't handle promotions very well. And it's really important right now when people are remote and their manager is really their main their main contact with that organization that the manager gets this right that promotions are clear that there is a process and that people feel that they can be listened to in a way that makes them feel part of something yeah definitely i couldn't agree more well look i think that'll do for today's show uh we will be back on where are we now friday hopefully by then it'll have warmed up a bit uh, and when you go running, you might not be in danger of falling over every five steps. But other than that, have a lovely week. Give you the satisfaction